Welcome to the College Scoops podcast. I'm your host, Moira McCullough, and today we are talking with Patricia Roberts to discuss 529 plans and what you need to know. Sort of envision what you want your experience to be like when your child or children approach higher education and then work backwards to figure out what do you need to do to get there. This is the College Scoops Podcast, and I'm your host, Moira McCullough. We focus on everything college-related, from the admissions process to where to eat, stay, and explore on and around campuses. Our guests include founders, educators, authors, and experts in the college space. Join us as these experts share their knowledge, experiences, and lessons learned to help you have stress-free, informative, and tasty college journeys. Whether it's your first or last child going to college, or you're just interested in going to a college town for a game or meal, we've got you covered. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the College Scoops podcast to get the inside scoops on everything college-related, and leave us a review. Thanks to all of our sponsors, partners, and the entire College Scoops ambassador team for helping us bring valuable content to our community. If you would like to support College Scoops as a sponsor, please head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash college scoops and sign up as a sustaining listener, insider, or deluxe sponsor. We have exclusive benefits for our members and even a College Scoops care package. Patricia Roberts has helped tens of thousands of families avoid millions of dollars in student loan debt over the past 24 years by sharing her expertise about planning ahead for higher education expenses with 529 plans. She's author of Route 529, A Parent's Guide to Savings for College and Career Training with 529 Plans, a book she wrote to inspire even more individuals to have healthier financial outcomes when it comes to paying for higher education. In her current role as Chief Operating Officer at Gifted College, Inc., she encourages employers to help reduce employees' stress associated with the cost of higher education by offering matching contributions to 529 college savings plans as a financial wellness benefit and tax-free student loan assistance as well. Patricia is a go-to resource for the media, employers, membership groups, and others desiring education on 529 plans. Her background as a first-generation student who nearly missed the opportunity to attend college because of cost motivates her to help others achieve higher education with as little financial stress as possible. In addition to her professional expertise, she shares the small, consistent steps she undertook to save for her own son's post-secondary pursuits, and just how proud she was to see him graduate debt-free from college last year. Welcome to the College Scoops podcast, Patricia. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am happy to be here today. Thank you for having me. You have such an accomplished background. I mean, I loved reading everything. First of all, you're a mom of a college grad. You've been in the finance industry for so long, helping corporations, helping families. You wrote a book, Route 529, which... I'm like, where was that when I was going through it with my first? It's so important. And you're COO of Gift of College, which I can't wait to hear a little bit about as well. What inspired you to like focus on this glamorous subject of college savings? Wow. Well, by way of background, I grew up in a very low income family headed by a single mom, and I almost missed the opportunity to attend college because of cost. So even though I was ultimately able to go work several jobs while there, I really had a huge appreciation for being able to attend in the first place and 
a real appreciation for the many doors that higher education was able to open for me. So first of all, I really highly regard the value of higher education, first and foremost. Secondarily, I had the experience of having to pay back a lot of educational debt, even though I got that undergraduate degree and subsequently a law degree while working full time, had to pay back a lot of debt. So I have another personal connection to this topic because I experienced how long it took 20 years to pay back with my husband over $100,000 in undergraduate and graduate school debt. And then I really began getting very acquainted with 529 plans when they first became available. As an attorney, I was asked to develop some expertise in these plans. I worked for a financial services firm, Citigroup at the time, and they needed someone to get acquainted with how Internal Revenue Code Section 529 worked so that we as a financial services firm could get engaged with families for saving for college. And that's where I developed my expertise. And interestingly, I was pregnant at the time when I got that request to begin working on this topic. And it really felt very appropriate for me because here I am a mom concerned about my child's future, wondering how I'm going to pay back my own educational debt. And I thought, this is interesting that there's now a vehicle available for people to do so. And that's really how my professional connection began with the topic and coupled that with my personal background, as I described, it was the perfect fit for me. And I've loved working with these plans now almost 24 years. I think the personal background, you going through it yourself and seeing what your mom and your family had to sacrifice, knowing how long it took and how arduous it was for you, given that opportunity to attend college and then the stress and uncertainty of trying to pay for it and having that last for for years after. And then being very excited that, okay, you paid it off. But then, as you mentioned in your role, thinking, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant now. Round two. How am I going to do this and then help others learn from the experience and be more educated on it earlier? That's right. That's right. And I was determined, absolutely determined for my child to have a better experience than I had had from a financial perspective when attending college or pursuing some form of education. So I was driven to find a way Fortunately, I became acquainted with 529 plans through work, but I was driven to find a way for him to have a better experience than I had had. And I really held that vision close to my heart as I saved a little at a time from each paycheck. I had no idea how I was going to be able to do this, but I knew I wanted to, and I was going to find a way. And I did. And taking the money out of my paycheck was just the right approach for me because I didn't have an opportunity to direct those funds in another direction. I sent them directly to the 529 plan and that really helped. That's a great segue into, you know, just where do families start and how can they start to, you know, plan accordingly? And as you said, you directed a little bit at a time. People get overwhelmed by looking at the big number. And I think that's probably one of the first things that, you know, you can advise too in terms of a little bit at a time goes a long way. That's right. And what families can do, and the earlier, the better, it is never too early to start saving for a child's educational future and their career goals. It's also never too late if you haven't started yet. 
Okay. But what families really need to do is I always say, start with that vision. What's your why? I talked to you a few minutes ago about mine. My why was wanting this child to not have the stress that I experienced. What's your why? Figure that out and sort of envision what you want your experience to be like when your child or children approach higher education and then work backwards to figure out what do you need to do to get there. And families need to understand they don't need to save it all. It is overwhelming when you think of the cost of higher education, but to remember anything they can do is that much less that their child's going to have to borrow and repay with interest. So what's important is to get started. There's no one way to save for higher education. I happen to be most familiar with 529 college savings plans. There are other ways to save as well. They're not mutually exclusive, but what's important is to get started and to commit yourself to the extent you can to contributing a certain amount. There are wonderful calculators available online where people can estimate the cost. Families should think through how much do they wanna be able to cover? You know, most families can't pay for 100%. There will be scholarships available. There will be financial aid, depending on your family's circumstances. But families should think about, are they trying to cover half? Is it a quarter they'd like to cover? And, you know, set that goal for themselves and back into the amounts. The other things I tell people to do is to remember that friends and family can help as well. And to please start asking friends and family to skip those more traditional gifts that often clutter up your home, particularly when the children are young or are quickly outgrown. Those little outfits are adorable, but they often cost 50 or $60. The child wears them once or twice. So ask people politely if they could hold back on some of those types of gifts and instead contribute to the college account because 25 or $50 a couple times a year from a family member can go a long way. And if you've got five or 10 or 15 people that are interested in your child and their future, you could really gather some money for higher education and then everybody can feel good about that type of gift. Well, I think that's always the one thing you hear, even when there's some type of a family event coming up and people are always asking, what can I get your son or daughter? Or what would be meaningful? And I think now more than anything, given the cost of higher education, it's a real hardship. And if people can feel like they've contributed to something that is really meaningful and you know, you may not realize it at the moment, but all of a sudden, fast forward five, 10 years down the line, you can feel like you were part of that support group that helped that student attend college in a way that they couldn't have maybe if I they hadn't had brilliant. your contribution. I think that's exactly right. And it's a gift that comes with no buyer's remorse. You know, people always wonder, they spend so much time, what, what size is the child wearing? Do they already have this item? Is it something you'd approve of? Is it something they'd like? Here's something that you know is not going to be outgrown and can surely be useful. And I know we're going to talk more about 529 plans, but truthfully, these plans can be used for so many forms of higher education. So people don't need to worry, what if the child doesn't go to college? They can be used for trade or technical school. So it's a gift that is sure to fit and one that everybody can feel good about. And it can open some great conversations about what are the child's interests? What issue in the world do they want to address through their career or academic journey? And I think that's great. Get the whole family involved. So when that high school graduation comes around, everyone can feel a part of the journey that the child's about to go on from an educational perspective. In terms of advice, just even getting the ball rolling, like 
Can you just walk us through, because I know sometimes it's just overwhelming, and we'll put a little notation in our notes about your book in Route 529, but there's so many questions in terms of what one you pick, and you alluded to it, and sometimes people are, do you get the one in state only, or do you get the one that's broad? So can you provide some tips for even how to get started? Sure, absolutely. So first of all, the great news is there's a ton of information available online about 529 college savings plans. So individuals can do some research on their own about their own state's 529 plan. They can start with the name of their state and the number's 529 and see what they can find out about that. What they need to know, they don't need to necessarily invest in their home state plan. Why they might want to is because in addition to the favorable federal tax benefits of these plans, meaning that as they grow in value, the earnings are not taxed, unlike other forms of savings and investing. And when the money's withdrawn to pay for a wide range of higher education expenses, again, there's no tax. So less tax means more money for college. But in addition to that federal tax advantage, 35 states have a state tax benefit as well that individuals might want to consider. And they should look into whether their state has a particular benefit and what's the value of it. Some states give an annual state tax deduction or credit for investing in the home state 529 program. There are a couple of states that'll give you that credit or benefit no matter which program you go in. And then there are some states that either don't have personal income tax or they don't have a tax benefit. But you want to check out what your state has in terms of tax and other benefits associated with their 529 plan to see if that might be a good fit. It's a good starting point. But you can find plenty of information online and you can go it alone. I would say it takes 15 minutes or even less. And with most of the plans, $25 to get started. It's not a ton of money. If you do have a financial professional in your life, you should consult with that person. You don't need a financial advisor to open an account, but if you have one, why not talk to them as well? Let them help guide you as to what plan they think is most appropriate because they have a good sense of your total financial picture. So again, you don't need a financial advisor, but if you have an advisor or someone you're working with on financial matters, talk to them. If you don't, can get started on your own. There's a ton of information. And again, you mentioned my book. My book can be helpful as well, Route 529, because I explain all these things very clearly in the book. But there's no one way to go. You can go in-state, you can go out-of-state. You can go with an advisor, you can do it alone. There are many approaches. It's just important to pick one and go with it. And they're not mutually exclusive. You could, you could for instance, if your state had a tax deduction, New York, for instance, has $10,000 a year for married couples filing jointly, $5,000 a year you can take as a deduction for contributions to the New York plan as a single filer, but you could put that amount in and then you could invest in another plan beyond that. Maybe you want to diversify a bit. Maybe you want to get your state tax deduction, but you also want to try out another plan as well that you've heard is good or you've read about. So, And there are rankings of these plans online. You can find a lot of good information, but you're not bound to any particular plan and you can do a few if you really wanted to. Well, I think that's important just to know up front that A, you could do it on your own. With a little bit of research, it takes, you, as you mentioned, short amount of time to set one up just to get the ball rolling. If you have somebody in your network that has financial background, definitely bounce ideas off of them. Just out of curiosity, if you did sign up for an in-state and then fast forward, 
16 years down the line, you know, that your son or daughter wants to attend an out-of-state school, is there some flexibility in there or how does that work? The 529 college savings plans can be used anywhere across the country and in many cases across the world, depending on the type of institution. There is a form of 529 plans called 529 prepaid tuition plans. That's different than the general 529 plans that we're talking about today. I think eight or 10 states have a prepaid tuition plan. Florida is one of the most um, well-known of those. And with those types of plans, you are limited in scope in terms of the institutions that you can attend. I believe you can withdraw your funds and and get the value of them back if your child decides to go out of state, but those plans are called prepaid tuition plans. There's not a lot of them, but there are some. They're worth looking into, but in those cases, what it will cover is tuition only in most cases, although I think Florida has expanded to cover more than that, and within a particular state. 529 college savings plans more generally don't have those restrictions. The way the prepaid plans work, they're actually the opportunity to buy tomorrow's tuition at today's prices. So those few states that have them sort of give you a contract of sorts that you're buying increments of tuition. And you'd go with something like that if you were quite certain your child was going to be interested in a particular state or they're going to go to your alma mater. There's something called the private college prepaid tuition plan that is a little different than the state plans. And that's a consortium of two or 300 private colleges. If you knew your child was going to go to one of them, you could buy that particular tuition plan too. But with the 529 plans, generally you can use them anywhere and you can combine these types of plans as well. And the things you can use the 529 college savings plans are. Yes, because that's that's always a question in terms of from someone who's made mistakes before, but that is always a question that people have. So I would love to hear that, what you can use the money for. Right, so 529 college savings plans can be used for tuition and fees, room and board, books and supplies, and even computers when attending accredited universities. And that's a wide range of universities across the United States and across the world. And these are typically universities that have financial aid codes under the federal U.S. Department of Education website. You can look on there and find out which universities they are. It is very broad. So if you attend, your student attends one of those schools, they can use the funds for all those purposes. For room and board, you do need to be at least a half-time student. So you can't just be taking one class and use the 529 to cover housing. But if you're at least half-time, you can use it for room and board and you don't need to live on campus. So while the 529 can be used for on-campus housing and the dining services on campus, can also be used those funds for those living off campus or at home as long as they're attending at least half time. And what you can take out of your 529 to cover those expenses are either up to the cost of those expenses that you have for housing and feeding the the child or student or up to the amount of the stated um, expected costs on the university website for room and board. So you can take the lesser of those two, um, whatever you've actually spent or the room and board allocation that the university puts on the website. So one or the other, but my son 
starting junior year, lived off campus, and we were able to withdraw the funds from the 529 to cover his rent, to cover his utilities, right, to which cover is... his internet, which he needed, particularly during the pandemic, to cover his groceries and things that he needed to sustain himself at college. And we kept track of those expenses and made sure they didn't exceed those that the school would have charged for room and board. And I took the money out of my 529 and re reimbursed myself. So you just had a couple statements though in there that are really important in terms of keeping track of your expenses too. That's something you really have to, you have to be careful of, right? You wanna make sure that you keep track of the expenses. And then as you said, you don't exceed the amount that is on the college website for allocations for that particular category. That is correct. And although okay. you don't need receipts to withdraw from your 529 plan, the money always belongs to you, the account owner. You can take it out as you see fit. It's really self-substantiating. So you should hang on to your receipts. That's what I do in the event that you're ever audited. Mm -hmm. either by the state 529 plan or by the federal government as to what did you do with those funds. So I keep track. My son typically buys books on Amazon. I'll keep track of those purchases. I certainly have a record of what I paid the university in terms of his tuition and fees. And I keep track now of the expenses he has. He's now a graduate student as someone living off campus. So I keep track of the rent, what his utility bills were, and what he's spending on groceries just in case wants to ask, what did I do with those funds? You want to be careful not to withdraw more than you need for qualified purposes. Absolutely. And I, with so many students, there's a couple things too. You know, so many students are moving off campus as a junior. So families might think, well, I won't have the ability then to use those funds for that. But that's not the case as you've just, and utilities and even the computer, you know, I mean, and you and I, I think in our earlier conversation, I think I mentioned that my son called very stress thing. I rented a book because it's less expensive than purchasing the book. And the rental for this one book was $300 for the semester, which is so much money. You will have a lot of expenses as a parent putting a child through higher education, but most of them are indeed covered. Another thing is a lot of the students, you know, you mentioned you had to be at least a half-time student because a lot of these kids are trying to graduate early or may take a reduced number of courses for a semester and be wary of that in terms of being able to use funds from the 529 plan, right? That's okay. correct. And the, you, every 529 plan has a really good website and they also have a program description that describes all of these rules. They have exceptional call centers that you can call if you have a question about your particular 529 plan and what you can use the funds for. Under the federal rules that changed a number of years ago, you can even use these plans for K to 12 tuition. That's another question too that people have. another question, yeah. So that these are the kinds of questions you can pose to the 529 plan to make sure you're understanding the use. So I guess the misconception that families have are, you know, one, I started too late, not worth trying you know, not worth setting up a plan now because it's too late, or two, in terms of what the funds can be used for, which you've clearly described all the uses and expenses that it can be used for. Are there any other misconceptions that families have about 529s that you would like to clarify? I think the biggest one, because they're called 529 college savings plans, I think people get confused about that they're just for college mm -hmm. and they're not. As I said, trade and technical school, two-year schools, graduate and professional studies, 
even the cost associated with certain registered apprenticeships can be covered by a 529 plan. So the word college throws people off all the time. The word savings also throws people off because these plans are really investment plans. Some 529 programs have a savings component or an FDIC insured component to them. Some have what is called a stable value investment, which has very little risk associated with it. But most of the plans are focused on investments and they have very good descriptions of what the investments are. One of the most popular types of investments is something that's based on the age of the beneficiary or the target date at which they're likely to pursue higher education. So the investment managers are creating portfolios that will work well based on a one-year-old or based on a six-year-old. Right. They are more aggressive typically when the child's young and as they near college, they become more conservative in design. So people need to understand these are investment accounts typically, but some programs have fully insured options. What comes with the fully insured option is less opportunity for growth, less risk. So people need to figure out what they're What's most comfortable with. But again, they're not traditionally savings accounts. So that's another misconception. Another one is that you need to be the parent of the student or future student in order to open an account. That's not true. You don't even need to be related to the account okay. beneficiary. A godparent or a family friend could open an account for a child. Grandparents often open accounts for child, the, a particular child or grandchild. Certainly they're related, but they're not the parent. So I think that that is a misconception. Another misconception is that you lose the money if the child doesn't go to college. Somehow the account owner is going to lose something. The account owner never loses the money. The money is theirs. And in fact, what's nice about 529 plans is that the account owner always stays in control. It's not the child who gets access to the money when they reach 18 or 21 as with other forms of investments, this money stays in the control of the account owner. So if the child's going in a direction you're not comfortable with, you don't need to withdraw those funds at any time. You can change the beneficiary at any time to a member of the original beneficiary's family. And that goes all the way out to second cousins, I think. You as the account owner, if you're a parent or a grandparent, you can change the beneficiary to you. Perhaps you need additional education for your career. You can change it at any time. So people need not fear if the child doesn't go to college or pursue some form of higher education that the money's lost. It's never lost. And in addition to swapping the beneficiary or waiting it out um, to see if the child finds themselves and then decides to go to some form of higher education, you can even withdraw the money it is a non-qualified withdrawal. You can take it out. Again, you've not lost it, but you do need to pay tax. I mentioned that these accounts grow tax-free while they're in the account. Fair enough. You need to be paying tax on the earnings because you had put it in for an intended purpose and now you're not using for that. So right. if you have 10,000 that you put in, it's now worth 11,000. On that $1,000 of growth only, you'll have to pay tax because you never did. And there is a 10% federal penalty. So it'd be a $100 penalty. These are not significant penalties, but they're put in place to discourage people from 
avoiding tax as the account grows and then not using it for the purpose. But I do believe almost every child will pursue some form of education after high school. I don't believe that that's a huge worry that they're not going to. And I also believe if they don't, you've got many options with these plans. And then the last myth that I hear about all the time is that having money in a 529 plan is going to have a significant adverse impact on federal financial aid eligibility. That is not true. In fact, 529 accounts, when they're owned by the parent, are considered parental assets. They're not considered an asset of the child. I just said that it belongs to the account owner. So while children's assets are assessed more aggressively for financial aid purposes and brought into the fold of what financial aid feels the family can contribute toward the expected family contribution, parental assets are not considered as much. And in fact, only up to 5.64% of the account value of a parent-owned account will be considered as available for the child to use towards the cost of education. So if you've saved $10,000, only $564 of it, only up to 564 is considered. Now that's not significant. You'd much rather have saved that money than to right. not have saved it. Now, some schools do use the CSS form or have other forms of financial aid analysis. They may look at 529s in a different light, but regardless, the general consensus on 529s and financial aid is that you are better off, far better off having saved than not saved. And financial aid, many don't realize, is largely comprised of student loans. This is not free money. So if you're worried about right. missing out on financial aid, a good portion of it may be student loans. And trust me, you'd rather miss out on student loans by having the money saved. So I don't think that people need to be as concerned as they are about financial aid and 529s because it's a very minimal impact from a federal perspective. Even if schools look at 529s in a different light, you're still better off having had the money than not. You've covered so much ground in terms of the misconceptions people have. And even when you talk about outside of the parent, immediate parents, in terms of the opportunities for savings of other members of the family and friend network. If you were a grandparent or a godparent and one child had a different timeline, you have the flexibility to kind of make changes to the account that I don't think people automatically would think. People don't realize how flexible these plans are and just how many different types of educational options that they cover. And I think that that's important for people to know. Absolutely. And we kind of talked about friends and family network, but from a corporate standpoint or businesses, are there ways that businesses can contribute to 529 plans as employers? That's such a great question. Yes employers can help employees save for higher education, and some are starting to do it. Okay. I think the Society for Human Resource Management in their most recent survey said about 11% of employers are providing access to 529 plans as a benefit for employees. So they're providing education on 529 plans and the ability to contribute to them from an employee's paycheck. Only 2%, however, in the latest survey that I saw are actually matching employee right. contributions. But 
I will say with the great resignation or the great retention, however you wanna look at it, employers are really taking a more careful look about what employees need and what's of interest to them in order to try to keep employees that are good performers and attract others to their firms. And 529 is starting to get more of an interest. And that's part of my work is to talk to employers about why this is important, because I believe offering 529s in the workplace really helps to raise awareness of these useful plans. Employees are used to learning about some finances in the workplace, such as saving for retirement. I think it's a natural fit to provide this education. And with 64% of Americans saying they are unfamiliar with 529 plans, that's a lot. With that number unfamiliar, I think it's a great place to reach people in the workplace by providing this education. I mean, what a valuable thing. And it's one of the best ways, saving in advance for higher education is one of the best ways to avoid student loan debt. And with the student loan debt crisis of $1.7 trillion, almost 44 million people are trying to repay that student loan debt. I think it was a wonderful service for employers to offer in terms of financial well-being to educate their employees. And if they can, to match contributions to these accounts. I'd like to see that percentage get much higher. And I know employees who have children or grandchildren would really appreciate it. I think employees, whether they have children or not, would appreciate being able to save for their own higher education goals. And learning about these plans could be really valuable. So I am really encouraging employers of all sizes to consider at minimum educating their employees about 529 plans and enabling them to contribute to them from their pay and also matching. Even if they did a one-time match of $100, I have a major client right now that's a Fortune 500 company that's doing that, just $100, but they're getting people started by doing it. Others are doing 50 or $100 a month, matching what the employee puts in. That's valuable too. Whatever an employer can do can really make a big difference. These financial issues weigh heavily on people's minds and hearts. And if you can help them in even a small way, you can really make a difference. It's a goodwill too. Like it's it's feeling good about the community that you're working in. The fact, you know, you, when you talk about even asking your family and friends for different types of gifts for your own family as kids as they're growing up, whether it's a religious celebration, a birthday, anniversary, whatever. But the same holds true from a corporate standpoint. You feel good about being an employee where they're looking towards the future and how they can help you minimize the stress and save for something that's of significant value from a planning perspective as a family. So I think that's a really good approach for employers. Like they'll start to look at that more and more. I believe that. And another thing employers are doing, you did mention my day job at Gift of College. I know. Um, Tell us about that. Yeah. So I wrote this book on the side, but it relates to what I do every day. I work for a firm called Gift of College where we do work with employers and encourage them to offer 529 college savings as a benefit. And also for those who didn't save for college to help them repay student loan debt, because there's now a way for employers to do that that is tax-free to the employee and also a business tax deduction for employers. But another thing we talk to employers about is when an employee has a new addition to their family, 
instead of giving the silver spoon or the $150 floral arrangement, consider we have gift cards. They're called gift of college gift cards and they're available in denominations of $25 or more up to 200 available at many retailers. And people can find out more about these gift cards at giftofcollege.com. But what we encourage employers to do is when somebody welcomes an addition to their family to give them a gift card, which can be their first contribution to a college savings account. Employers who are doing it are getting a really good reception. It's just a nice way to kick off a child's arrival and to show a family that you do care. And um, that's another thing we talk to employers about if they don't want to do a full educational platform or they can't match or aren't inclined to do so right now, at least consider welcoming new additions to employees' families with a gift of financial wellness. And I think that's a great approach that employers can take too. Absolutely. So let's say I get a gift of $200 for that. That can then be rolled into a 529 plan? That's correct. Okay. Correct. So an employee can redeem the gift card through giftofcollege.com. There's a drop down menu where they select the 529 plan that they've opened an account with. They do need to open an account. We have a lot of information online about how to go about doing that. We have the state map and you need to open an account and then you can redeem the gift card right into that account. So it's a great way to get started because someone has prompted you. They've given you a gift card, right? And you can get started. Some employers are giving my book along with the gift card now, which helps explain a little bit more about what the gift card would be useful for. But either way, there's a ton of information on giftofcollege.com. If you were to be given the gift card without a book, we have a small book online, What is a 529 Plan, which explains 529s. And then we have a wonderful tool that covers every 529 plan in the country where you can learn about it and then click to the 529 plan, set up your account, come back and redeem your gift card into it. Patricia, just that, just you just describing that in less than 30 seconds would de-stress the whole process for so many people because you've made it so easy in terms of you've received that, that gift card, but Gift to College has made it where you drop down, click, redeem, carry on, which I just think making it easy for people to not for savings, but you're just making it so easy for people to save. I think it's a great idea. And the other thing is employers do have rewards and recognition programs. You may have worked for an employer where if you go above and beyond, they have have gift cards that they actually offer to employees. And in fact, some employees can nominate a colleague who helped them out on something for one of these gift cards. And they're mostly traditional gift cards that you could think of, but our gift cards now are getting added to what employers are offering. So if you've gone above and beyond or it's your fifth year milestone as an employee, some employers now are giving their employees the ability to not just pick a restaurant gift card or some other form of gift card, but to pick gift of college because they can then use it for something that's education related. I love that. And anyone out there who's in corporate who has the ability to nominate different ideas for employee perks and benefits, this is one that would be a great value add for any employee. So thank you so much. You've like demystified it in such a short time. You mentioned your son graduated from college debt-free. You're like proof that this can happen with some thoughtful planning. And I love going back to the questions that you should ask, like why, you know, what do you want your, your experience to be as a parent? 
and then kind of from there formulate a plan. We always love asking our guests two last questions. What do you wish you knew before attending college? I wish I knew that my low income background and the challenges I had been through as a young person would actually serve me extremely well, both in college and in the world following college. I believe I lacked confidence because of some of the challenges I had been through. But in reality, I had a toolkit that was so valuable because of those challenges. I was resourceful. I was resilient. I could outwork anybody because I had to as a young person. And I was driven to get educated and to get a job where I could earn enough to help my family and to lift them out of the situation they were in. And I was able to do it as a result. And I am so proud of what I accomplished. I ended up eventually buying my mom and my brother who's developmentally disabled a home. I was able to get them out of housing that was unsafe and put them in a home that I was able to purchase. And I could have never done that had I not gotten my various degrees and, you know, worked in the professions that I worked in. So I wish I had the confidence and the foresight in knowing that I wasn't at a disadvantage at all. I was extremely well-prepared. That is such a beautiful way to end it. You have accomplished so much. So grateful that you came on and shared your personal story and how that has inspired you to help so many other families. We are foodies at College Scoops. Is there any food spot that you loved on a college campus or at your son's? My son attends Clark University in Worcester, Massachusetts, which was an excellent choice for him, by the way. A place that I love when we go there is called Annie's Brunch. I think that's on one of our sites. I think we had a student who mentioned it. (laughs) It's delicious. It's right there on Main Street, right by the campus. And they have delicious, not only brunch, but delicious meals throughout the day and some nice sweet treats that are wonderful. And I love going there. It's just a really relaxed setting. And it's one of my favorite places. And I go every time I have an opportunity to visit Clark University. I love that. Thank you so much, Patricia, for all your insights and for taking the time to, to share this with us. We really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, and I hope it helps your audience in some way. Thank you, Patricia, for sharing your personal journey, paying for college, and how you developed a roadmap for families to start the savings process for college. Families and friends can start at any time investing in 529 plans as a saving method for college. As friends and family for gifting to a 529 plan early on in a child's life. Employers are also now contributing to 529 plans. If your child chooses not to pursue college, the money can also be used for any education, including K-12, trade schools, and even apprenticeship programs. You can find all of our show notes and links to the helpful resources mentioned throughout our conversation on our website at collegescoops.com podcast. You can learn more about Patricia and her Route 529 book on our website, Route 529, and at Gift for College. Please take a couple of minutes to rate, review, and subscribe to College Scoops. Thank you for listening to our College Scoops podcast. Our entire College Scoops team strives to make the college journey a little bit easier, less stressful, fun, and tasty by sharing all the inside scoops we have curated along the way. We would love to hear from you about topics to cover and your ideas on everything college related. 
reach out to us at collegescoops.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.